0: Well, as you can see, things are starting to get all set up for tonight and we're going to have an amazing carols night. Even though it may be half the size of what we'd like because of restrictions, we're still going to enjoy and celebrate Jesus. Amen. Because He is our hope. And that's the name of our new uh, topic for this month, Jesus is our hope. You know, uh, I can see people already get into the life of Christmas and I was just remarking to Richard the other day you know I'm just seeing more and more light displays coming up isn't it great it's like a lot of carols nights and things have been cancelled because of the numbers thing but it's like people go well forget that I'm gonna have my own light show and uh, you have seen the lights come out some amazing light displays incredible you know like oh, good on them I say I don't know how you put those things up and okay you can get the tree up uh, it's like <laughs> every year my eldest daughter says, "Right, like it's first December. We get the tree up and go. Oh, that means I got to get up in the roof, pull it out, and and, and that's my part anyway. <laughs> I just throw it out. There we go. And, and they decorate it. looks really nice. And then it takes so long to put away, doesn't it? It's like you just start. It looks so nice. You don't want to do that. Plus, you don't want to put it away. <laughs> and uh, I said, let's just make it a permanent fixture. Yeah, just leave it there all year long, and it'll all be good. And uh, but." No, it gets put away every year and pulled out every year, And uh, but yeah. But it is a time when people start to reflect with an excitement, with a hope, you know. I mean, with, particularly with children, they're hoping right now that their list is going to be fulfilled. You know, all the lists of the requirements for what they want for Christmas. They're all, you know, given orders. It's like you feel like you're an Amazon or something, you know. have all these orders coming in from your kids and I want this and I want that. And, uh, you know, there's a sort of a hope. The kids have like an excitement uh, of this day. I know as a child it was like that for me, but being the kind of guy I am, it's like, I don't know if I can wait for Christmas. I need to know what i got now. And uh, so I used to find my parents used to wrap things up early and hide them behind things. And we, you know, as an eight-year-old, I'd go looking for them and I found them. They, they got onto that, so the next year they stuck them up in the roof. Well, they know I can climb ladders. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, one time even unwrapping a present, it was a soccer ball, and me and my brother would kick it around, you know, <laughs> and then we had to wrap it back up, it didn't quite look the same, but uh, anyway, we got away with it, I think, and, <laughs> but this time of the year is very important, and because our focus is zo- zoomed in onto one thing, the birth of Christ, and, uh, you know, no matter where you are around the world, this event is happening, you know, and we were in, uh, I think it was 2010 in Vietnam, and around December, and, we were surprised because it's a communist country and there they are in the shops putting all the lights up and, and I thought, wow. So the power of the presence of God had even perpetrated and gone into communist uh, countries. I thought, this is amazing. You know, this is great. But that is the power and the hope we have in him. He, he, Jesus comes up everywhere. And all these signs, all these things that happen at Christmas time all point to one thing, as I said, Jesus. And uh, all that God has done through... Time has always pointed to Jesus, and so this morning I want to bring this scripture out of Isaiah seven fourteen, and um, because I was just feeling the sense that God wants you to know that He's always pointing you in the right direction, and Isaiah seven fourteen says this: So the Lord Himself shall give you a sign; behold, the virgin will conceive and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let me just pray this morning before I get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that we can place our hope and trust in you. That God, you never forsake us nor leave us. No matter what is going on, you are there for us. And God, we have hope in that and we thank you and we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. All people said, Amen. So the Lord himself, it says here. Now you've got to have the, understand the concept here. This is Isaiah 2. Chapter 7, verse 14, which was probably written around 700 years before Jesus was even born. So here's God already given signs to the people of, of that day that, hey, my son's on his way. My, my greatest gift is going to be presented to you. So there was already a hope in place back in the Old Testament for the arrival of Jesus. You know, uh, all through Scripture we see this. Uh, God... Interaction with His creation, God interacts all through, directing and and speaking into our lives, giving us hope for the future. And as we look through scriptures, we see different um, events taking place right to the Old Testament, but they're all leading to the big grand finale of what Christmas Day is about—the birth of a Savior. And uh, you know, God is a rescuer. You know, it's not like it came to some sort of surprise to God of. That we were going to fail him you know and this is the good thing about god like he didn't say wow can you imagine if you were god what you would do with the people that failed him people that failed you you know you probably go ah that's it you're written off (laughs) but god was not like that even though we sinned we 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 fell away from him he still made a way back for us because god is a rescuer god loves to rescue his people he made us we are precious to him And he desires for us to be with him always. But he didn't make us robots, so he cannot force you to do anything. But he's giving you an opportunity right now to come to him. And this time we focus on that that opportunity. I think about um, some of the stories in the Old Testament of God rescuing those that followed him. And uh, there's one such story. uh, Of course, no, we all know Noah. God rescued the righteous people of that time. Eight of them on a boat eight of them. Well, everyone else turned their back against God. You know, how would you be? There's Noah building this big ship and um, he had hope that God was going to rescue him from what was about to come but nobody had ever seen rain before so it was kind of like, well, what's he on about? What's this thing? He would have been a laughing stock, I reckon. Everyone would go, this guy's lost it, man. He's like, well, what's he thinking? Building a boat? We are nowhere near the water. And, and suddenly, of course, God shut up the ark and uh, rescued those eight with uh, some of the animals and... Um, or two of the animals, and uh, two by two animals, (laughs) And, uh, um, and we see that hope that was placed in Noah because he believed God, he trusted God. Now, he had no force, he had not seen anything like this before, so he had nothing really to go by, but he just trusted God. And that's the place that God wants you to be in today, is a place where you don't need to understand everything, but you need to trust Him in everything. God gives us hope hope is a vision for better days ahead. It, transform us, tr- sorry, it transforms us not only into the future hope, but a hope for today. You know, something that keeps you getting out of bed in the morning because you've got hope of something going to happen. You know, like uh, I used to walk, uh, work in a youth hostel uh, a few years back and some of the kids just didn't want to get out of bed. And, uh, you know, the teenagers, as they like to sleep in anyway, but when you say, come on, you know, you're wasting your day, and they go, oh, have got nothing on. They just had no hope, nothing going on, no, nothing to get out of bed for. And it was so sad because there's so many things they could be doing and getting involved with, and they just lay on the day to get, get, go by. Josh uh, Patterson puts it this way about hope. He says, hope means a confident expectation in the future. Are you confident about the future? It means a contagious enthusiasm for what will come. The idea of hope is that you're looking forward to the future with enthusiasm, with the confidence, with expectation that there is a blessing on the other end of this. Hope is a good thing. You know, our hope in the things of God is a good thing, uh, because we know it will come to being. You know, that's the only confidence we can really have this morning is knowing that God's word is all truth, And you can put it to the test. I mean, the great thing is we can go back into the history of the bible go back to some of the early writings that we've seen those fulfilled exactly how it's prophesied and one of the greatest prophecies is this one from isaiah and uh, god will continue to do that bring that to you so we find god we find the hoping god through his word you know it's so good when you're going through a tough situation you open up proverbs or psalms or something and god seems to bring something out for that moment a, a little scripture just gives you hope and you go wow i feel so much better now like you know that's really done something for me that's really given me some sort of hope there i am thinking well, how am i going to do this how am i going to deal with this and here is god give me away because god will always give you away he'll find a way where there seems to be no way if we will just trust him if we look to him in all things so god is both the source of our hope and our supplier of hope He is the source of our hope and a supplier of hope. In this passage, a key uh, passage here of of Isaiah 7.14 says, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. The sign he gave, behold, the virgin will conceive and shall be brought forth a son. Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise and no one else ever fitted this. You know, that's why we can have confidence in God. Nobody else has fulfilled all the scriptural verses that God prophesied many years before Jesus was even born. You know, they say there's something like 300 prophecies written specifically about Jesus. Where have you born? Where did he come from? And, and even his death and resurrection, everything is in the Old Testament. So we should have confidence in that. If, you know, it wasn't like he got a couple right. He got them all right. We've actually seen the fulfillment of those prophecies. We've seen them come right. So we should have confidence in those things. And see, all through the Old Testament scriptures, God gives us signs of the, because uh, He has a plan to send us a Savior. He gives us His plans for the world to give hope to all mankind that would seek Him. Even in the wise men, you know, this time we always think about certain stories, don't we? We see the lights, we see the characters, the three wise men, and and all that sort of stuff. It was interesting because I was just having a little flick through uh, that story again, and in Matthew two verse one, it says. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. So even in the heavens, there was some sort of sign that God had shown these men that studied the stars, the magi. I believe there's a lot of different thoughts about who these guys were, because there's not a lot in the scripture that talks about them, but there's other... Uh, references to these guys uh, Daniel talks about these kind of guys, the Magi and how they, you know, they're, they're just wise men and so forth so there was something a sign that was even given to them to show them and point of them the way I mean who goes following stars I mean you see a star and go well that's a good idea I'll go follow that <laughs> we don't just naturally just do crazy things like that or perhaps you do, I don't know uh, <laughs> but uh, the deal was there was something special and some theologians believe that they even knew some of the scriptures, so that would have given them a hint that something big was going to arrive. The Son of a God was going to be born. And there'd be a sign, and they, uh, looking back through a computer-generated uh, model of how the stars move, uh, some guys have got together and realized there was an alignment of certain stars that took place at that time. They reckon that could have been the bright star that they were following. A few, uh, I think it was Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus coming together to produce a bright light, uh, which they looked at. Now, interestingly enough, um, there's going to be another bright star happening, which is actually two planets aligning on the 21st of December. So some people get very excited about this, you know, because this hasn't happened for some 800 years where they've been so close. And that is uh, Jupiter and Saturn. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk going on, and you you need to be ready for this one. It would be good to watch. Because if God uh, made an alignment before of, of stars to herald the event of his Son coming, well, who knows if this is anything. Because we've already seen the blood moons that have taken place a few uh, months ago and years ago. And they're all on significant days of Jewish, Jewish feasts. So God has signs. It actually says this in Genesis 1.14. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to divide between the day and night, and then he says, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days of the years." So God has put something, all of creation uh, cries out his glory, and we see it in all of his creation. So he puts signs, you know, for us to see. So I'm going, wow, this is going to be an exciting event, isn't it? Like, if you can see this massive light in there, and who knows? You know, I keep saying Jesus is on his way back, and he is. So who knows if this is anything... Uh, of a biblical perspective but we'll wait and see but as we go on in that verse uh so the lord himself shall give a sign behold the virgin will be conceived and shall bring forth a son it says they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means god with us so god was already proclaiming 700 years before jesus was even uh born that god himself was going to be amongst us and he was going to be amongst us in his son jesus See, in the past, God has had revealed himself through his works, like through the scriptures, through his writing. As it says, uh, Psalms 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. So in the past, he's revealed himself through his works and by his word in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. But now God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Wow, what incredible verse there. God has revealed himself, not just now by his word and his creation, but by his son, Jesus. And, of course, God sent Jesus for a purpose. God sent Jesus because this world has fallen into such corruption, such a mess. If you leave man to anything, he'll end up destroying it. You know, there was, yeah, it's, just, it's a downhole thing. From the moment that Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world, um, all of the creation was affected that's what the scripture says all of creation was affected by the, uh, that fall of sin and that's why we've got so many things people go why is the world a mess and I said, well it's because sin entering the world created corruption created uh, a downhill spiral for all days to come and but like I said that is no surprise to God and uh, but it was the one thing that separated us from God you know sin separates us from God but God had made us to be in relationship with Him. As you read in Genesis, you know, there's Adam in the garden, like with God. Wow, what an amazing thought. You know, I was, when I read that passage, I always think, what would it be like to walk in the coolness of the, in the garden with God? What, what does that feel like? God has made us to have a relationship with Him, to be with Him. But it's this one word, the big sin word, that actually separates us from Him. And there's no way we could like make that deal come back together it was only through god's own word and his own plan that it gave us hope to to be reconciled with him because uh, sin separates us from god but god had a plan to bring us back to him and in luke two eleven, it says for to you is born today the city of david a savior who is christ the lord it's spelled out pretty clear there is only one savior and uh, it's not our government. It's not anything to do with any person. It is a saviour called Jesus Christ. He is our hope. For Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in other words, God already said, you know, the wages of sin is death. That means we're all on death row, basically. We're all on death row from, the, from our sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And this is what the one thing we're celebrating this year is that we have a Savior. We do not have to face that eternal death, but we have a Savior. But you know the, great, the thing is that we actually have to step out and receive that. We can sing about it, we can put lights up, but that doesn't change anything until we receive it personally. We need to receive it personally. As I said, all the lights and all these fancy things that go on in this time are all signs pointing to Jesus. They're all signs to point to Him, as God's Word has always pointed to Him in the past. Nothing could be more clearly documented in the Scriptures in that God sent Jesus to save men from their sins. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The world was lost. The world is still lost, other than known Jesus. We've all been in that lost condition, you know. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God, and uh, that's every one of us. Everyone is, There's no exceptions. I was in a big meeting years ago, ten thousand people, and um, the speaker just said, "Look, just stand to your feet if you feel you've never sinned." And a couple of old people stood up. It was really embarrassing, if I can tell you, because there's 10,000 people there. And they stand up. I don't think they really heard the uh, question properly. And, and he said, look, I, I understand. You probably didn't hear what I said properly because we've all sinned. And uh, they sat down very quickly. <laughs> 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 but that's the thing. We're all in the same boat. None of us are any better than others. But God, in his love towards us, uh, decided like I'm going to give them another go I'll give them another chance I believe in my creation I made them and I love them and I... it's something we cannot understand but Titus 3.3 3 sort of picks up of where we were it says at one time we too were foolish disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures we lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another but when the kindness and love of God our saviour appeared he saved us not because of righteous things we had done because of his mercy but because of his mercy how good is that we don't deserve anything you know like somehow we kind of think we can make things right with God by doing things trying to please him how many, how many times I've seen that with people even with Christians they still haven't got an understanding of God's grace uh, in Jesus what, what has been given to us there's nothing you can do to impress God you know, you can try doing everything. You know, oh, I've been a good boy today, God, you know. Uh, Did I score some points? Am I right with you? No, because it says we're all sinners and falling short of the glory of God. The only thing that we, brings us back into a right relationship with Him is His Son, who came to, to be born for us, to die for us, and He's coming back again for us. That's exciting. You should be excited about that because the story's not over yet. You know, like sometimes you hate that when you get to a movie and... Get into the real climax part, part of it and it's like wow this is great and then all of a sudden it comes to an end abrupt end because they want to make another movie of course to make more money out of it they go oh what you know it's like you left us here hanging here i want to see the rest thing well the good thing here god hasn't left you hanging because he's already told you what's going to happen and this is where you know the wise men seek after jesus uh, so, so, sorry sought after jesus and we also need to be wise and seek in him our lives should uh, be seeking him daily. We should be looking to the things of Jesus because that is where our hope lies. It doesn't lie in anything else. There's no, no one else going to save you. God built an ark one time. He's not going to build another ark, but he's given you Jesus, who is our rescuer. And, um, and that's the message that we need to proclaim. I said last week, you know, always be ready to give, the hope, uh, give an answer for the hope that is in you. We should always be ready to say, hey, why I can put a smile on my face even when things look really grim around us. Why I can, you know, just lift my hands and praise God because He's in control. You've got to understand this. God is in control, okay? He has always been in control. He knows what's going on. And no matter what, if we do or don't, it doesn't matter. He's got a plan and um, we, just follow, we just got to follow the plan and listen to what He has to say. Our hope is in Him it can't be placed in anything else everything else will fail nothing else there is no other plan you know even people that think religion itself will save them it's not going to religion is a word coming from the latin word religare which means to be bound to something but this morning i want to tell you that jesus came to set you free it's about a relationship not a religion religion can't save anything and yet people will put their hope in doing all these rituals and, um, and, of course, we all have our little rituals sometimes. We don't even know why we're doing them. But they think somehow there's some hope that may save us. You know, if we just follow these laws, do these things. And, of course, the Pharisees in the Old Testament were very much like that, you know. They missed the very thing that they should have had their eyes on, Jesus. They were the ones that put him on the cross. And uh, they missed the very salvation of God, even though they were the guys that were supposed to be speaking out the scriptures. So this morning, you know, the question is, where do we stand in all that? Where is your hope placed this morning? Is it in religion, man-made things? and uh, You know, because we get caught up in religion. We get caught up in rituals. You know, every year Christmas comes and you, you know, I hear the same words. Oh, we always do this every year. We always, you know, like put up the tree. We always do this. We, and, and I remember the story from years ago of, of this woman um, like... Preparing a turkey, and she cut off the legs and the wings and whatever, and put it on a tray, stuck that tray in the oven, and had a smaller tray for the legs and the wings, and put that in there. And someone that was observing goes, What? Why didn't you just, like, how come you did that? You know, why did you chop the legs off and put it on a separate tray? And she goes, I don't know. Uh, my mum used to do that, so I was just doing what my mum showed me, and oh, okay. So they found the mum said, She goes, I have to ask my mum why. She goes, I don't know. I I, I just did it because my mum showed me that, and they found it went back to a time where they, I think it was great grandma and said, "Grandma, why did you show us how to do that?" She goes, "Oh, my baking tray was too small to hold the whole turkey." So, so, so we got these crazy kind of things that go on, but we need to know why we do what we do, and there has to be a purpose in what we do, and there is a purpose and a hope. When we worship the King of Kings, Jesus, this morning. And um, everything points to Jesus. At this time, it's pointing to his birth, but it was more than his birth. It was points to the cross because of what he did for us. And this morning, I want you to think about that. I want you to understand that this Christmas is not just about having lots to eat and family gets togethers and all that, which is all great and, you know, and certainly will happen. But what is the meaning of Christmas? What, what is it all about? And do we actually take out time to thank God for that? Sure, you know, we know Jesus wasn't actually born on the 25th. But that's a, a, a date that's put in place. You can go into that and people can get all funny about that. Well, we don't know when Jesus was born exactly, so why are we celebrating the 25th? But the thing is, we don't celebrate Jesus on the, just on the 25th. We celebrate him every day and the 25th is just for the world's purposes to come together in a focus and that's why we do that you know we have a Sunday service every week we don't you know and we're celebrating Jesus every week corporately but in our own lives we need to separately celebrate Jesus every morning you know you should be walking around like happy chappy wherever you go and people will go well what, what do you, what did you have for breakfast and uh, you know where people will drawn to you and want to see that hope that is in you you'll be able have, have opportunities to speak that I love those opportunities when they come. That's why you can always be ready because this is a great time. You know, people sing songs, and they don't even know what they're singing. You know, like, Joy to the World and the Saviour's Come. And, and you, you go, oh, You know what you just sung there? Do you know what that means? I go, No, 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 I don't actually. So you've got thousands of people right now at Christmas time singing these carol songs that they don't understand what they are. But you can just ask them the question. That's a great song, isn't it? What did you get out of it? (laughs) Just ask me a little question, you know, do your little evangelistic thing. And uh, you can always look for a a leeway in there and go, well, you know what, that's a song singing about the Savior of the world. And uh, this is an event, a true event that happened 2,000 years ago. This event split time, A.D. and B.C. And, of course, they're trying to change that now to C.E. common era and before common era, Uh, trying to do away with all references to Christ. But you cannot hide Christ. You cannot hide it. And like I said, even with the shutdowns of things, look, people are rising with the lights and all the fancy stuff going on and uh, we're going to join in with all that. But this morning, the greatest gift that has been given to us is only a gift if you receive it, if you open up the package. You know, someone presents you with a a box with a bow on it and whatever. The first thing you want to do is rip it apart and see what, unless you're a cheapskate and you just gently take the bow off and take the tape off, I can reuse that. And uh, <laughs> who's got those, those kind of gift bags that you've had for about 10 years? And you, you know, you give it to someone, they give it back to you and, you and it goes on. Yeah. But the thing is, the first thing is, you want to know what the gift is. And yet we have a world that is lost tonight, today that does not know what that gift is because they have not unpackaged what Christmas is all about. They have not opened the box. They have not understood that there is a hope waiting inside that box and this morning i just want you to close your eyes wherever you are because i just want to make sure that you are aware of the hope that is available to you today in jesus christ for jesus came to seek and save that which is lost if you do not have jesus in your life you do not have hope you do not have life eternal because eternal life is found in him only And this morning, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? 2,000 years ago, He was born. 30 years later, He died for you and I on the cross. He died to pay for our sins so there'd be a way back that we could be reconciled with God and we could live again with Him. What a great sacrifice. What an amazing event. And We have life in Him. So this morning I want to ask you, have you ever come to that point of realizing that God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life? So God invites each one of us to have that relationship with Him. But it comes through His Son, Jesus, who paid the cost for that relationship to be restored. So this morning, God gives that gift to you freely, but you need to receive it. So I want to ask you with every head bowed eyes closed in this auditorium today have you received Jesus? Have you received the gift of life? If you haven't it's one prayer away it's just one prayer and I'd like to take you through that prayer if that's you this morning wherever you are if that's you just so I know who I'm talking to just raise your hand if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior or perhaps you've once done this or you're not sure even let's be sure because he's coming back again. He's coming back. Will you be ready? Just raise your hand wherever you are this morning if that's you. You want to uh, perhaps see read and see that hand. Thank you Jesus. Thank you God. Yeah. You know, in these sort of times God gives you an invite. And the invitation comes. You can just feel the pull within your heart. You can feel something moving within you. That's God speaking to you. He will not force you to do anything because He's a God of love. But He so wants you to be part of His family. He so wants you to know Him. We're going to say a prayer together today that is a salvation prayer inviting Jesus into our life. And if uh, just want to all stand as we close with this prayer inviting Jesus repeat after me dear Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe you died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead I now turn from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you now.